Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 669. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're both free, including the postage and handling. I've got a powerful message from the Lord. We've got songs and also letters. Right now, let's pray. Father God, uh, it is true. Your word is so true. The word, your word, says that Jesus is the word of God. And it says that all power in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus. So Jesus is the actual image of you. You have really no image, Father. You're a spirit. But your image is Christ. And your image, uh, you've made us your image and your likeness, the image and likeness of your son, Christ Jesus. And therefore, your word actually uh, makes us conform to the image and likeness of your son, Jesus. We are not to conform uh, to the world, but we're to be transformed into the likeness and image of Jesus. So preaching the gospel and receiving the gospel, actually receiving the gospel is the actual form of uh, getting into ourself, into our spirit, the actual image and likeness of Jesus, of you, Father. Jesus is your image, but you are in him and he is in you, the Holy Spirit. Father God, you are a spirit, and you are our eternal life, which is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, the eternal life. Uh, no man comes unto the Father, unto you, Father, except through Jesus, only Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that people will get closer by reading Jesus, the word, to them. Today you've pointed me to read the gospel, to break it down to the folks out in the world so that they can have an opportunity to be saved. Therefore, I pray, Lord, that you anoint with every word that comes down today in this one-hour program and that people's hearts are open to receive it in their minds that they might have the mind of Christ, because our mind is worthless. We don't know anything, and we ought not to know anything but Christ and him crucified. Lord, uh, bind Satan. Whatever's bound on earth, you bind in heaven. Bind him and uh, close every door to him. And also open up doors to us. Make uh, this... Uh, new law that they've come up with, another Satan's law to not get the gospel out onto people's cars because they're making people's cars to be more important than getting the gospel out. Uh, that school and evolution is more important than your word, than Jesus. So, Lord, we pray that you destroy all these that are doing these things Either bring them to salvation, I was just as crazy as they were, and they are today. But Lord, do something to them that makes them to know the way, the truth, and the life. We pray it in Jesus' mighty name and open up doors for us 
And everyone says amen. Amen. All right, now we have a song by a group that I did a whole album with, and it's called Power in the Blood by the one and only Jordan Ayers. Free from the burden of sin, there's power in the blood, the power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, one working power in the blood, in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, one working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, great power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Praise the Lord, yes there is power in blood, there's no other power, no other detergent in the world that can take away sins from off of a human soul. So we really have to go to Jesus, there's no salvation without him. All right, we have some letters, where's the first one from, please? From Bione, Italy. From Italy, well, praise the Lord. What do they say? Dear Pastor, greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I am a Ghanaian residing in Italy with my wife. I am attending a Pentecostal church here, and I am the man's fellowship leader, and my wife is with the children's ministry. I came across a couple of your newsletters on the floor, and after reading them, I saw that they were very interesting and also can benefit the church I am attending as a whole. I am therefore requesting that you put me on your mailing list, send me all kinds of your materials for the church, especially the youth. I'll be very glad to hear from you. May the Almighty God bless you and your entire family. Thank you, Sir Lawrence Minta from Bione, Italy. All right, and where's the next one from? Zambia, Africa. Okay. Dear Pastor Lamo, greetings in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm so happy to write to you, Pastor, and inform you that I received the package of the books, newsletters, and a Bible. May God richly bless you. I am now equipped. Please, Pastor, if it's possible, send me two more Bibles, because two of my brothers need Bibles. Pastor, all the package was distributed to the inmates and some officers. 
Their response has been so good, and more of them have been requesting the wonderful book entitled The Messiah. Please send me about ten copies and some newsletters and other tracks available. I am so happy and enjoying the distribution of your materials. God richly bless you, Pastor, and your support staff. Yours in the Lord, Jesus Christ, Victor Chanda from Serengue, Zambia, Africa. All right. Praise the Lord. God bless all of you folks out there that send us the letters and let us know how the literature is doing. And sometimes almost the entire towns are saved from the literature. And so it would be very good for everyone that is interested in getting to heaven to distribute this literature because it really does win souls and God gets all the glory. Now, uh, I was just reading from the Bible yesterday about how um, the Apostle Paul stated that he is uh, there, but even unto this present hour, we are, we both hunger and thirst. Well, that happened to me after I got saved. I never hungered or thirsted. Uh, I was making so much money out of the world, and um, I... Uh, People were really thinking that I was sort of a glorious type person because I'd eat, uh, not because I ate steak three times a day or went to different nightclubs and had a Cadillac and all these sort of things. But then uh, all of a sudden I had this ego going for me and then the Lord uh, showed himself to me uh, by shutting my ears off and talking through me in an office in Beverly Hills. And then I set out to find out what uh, Christianity was all about and what I was supposed to do. And there wasn't anybody that was teaching the right thing to do. And God uh, later uh, put Susie in my life. Uh, uh, her um, Some people said that this uh, woman would like to talk to me. Uh, and she sat down right where I was, and uh, she said, Tony, do you know that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back to earth again? And it shocked me. And I, um, I said, how do you know? Did the Lord tell you also? I says, uh, I thought that maybe she was my contact here on earth. And so she says, uh, she started laughing. She said, no. Tony, it's written all throughout the Bible that the Lord is coming back to earth again. Well, that's the thing that the Lord told me in that office. Stand up on your feet and tell the people in this room about the Lord Jesus Christ and that he's coming back to earth again, or thou shalt surely die. He was threatening me. And so all of a sudden, everything was shot so far as what I've ever heard about God, that he just loves you, and he's uh, sort of like a Casper milk toast, and he... He just knows we're weak and he is strong and all this stuff. And so immediately, never occurred to me that God ever uh, threatened anybody, but he was threatening me. And I had doubts about, you know, that this God, if there's God, there's a devil. I have to get out of this office. I got up and the breath started going out of me. And you've heard the story many times where my heart was just like, it felt like my rib cage was coming up from my heart beating so hard on my rib cage. And, uh, then the spirit uh, came down upon me, and I told, uh, I finally told the people in the room I was frightened out of my wits because I never believed that there was a force in the universe that was so powerful that it could come down, shut your ears off, and then talk through your whole body. I could hear better in my knees, legs, arms, chest, everywhere than I've ever heard in my whole 
in my ears. And uh, he kept, uh, that he repeated it again, doubt not, I am the Lord thy God. Stand upon your feet and tell the people in this room about the Lord Jesus Christ that he's coming back to earth again. And so I didn't know. I says, um, uh, and then my brain opened up and I knew there was a heaven and a hell and this power came down that I knew he knew every grain of dust on earth uh, and every pore in everybody's body and every uh, pore in every leaf and blade of grass. He knows everything. It's a, a hardly, a, a, I just don't know of anyone that could possibly explain how powerful and how much uh, God knows. He knows everything. He knows what you did in the past, what you're going to do in the future, and he knows what where you're going to heaven or hell because he knows what uh, fiber, what kind of person you are, well, what's, uh, what kind of fiber is in you. And so uh, I uh, said after that what happened, I went, uh, I told him, and I, uh, after the Lord pulled the breath in and out of me and scared me, um, uh, put such fear in me that it was, uh, there was nothing that I could do but to do what he said, because I knew he dropped me dead right there in my tracks. And some people think, well, you know, he's not worth paying attention to, uh, but then I saw visions of heaven and hell, and then uh, I got saved. And then uh, I, after Sue, I met her. We, I said, "Could you read to me in the Bible where it says that Jesus Christ is coming back to Earth again?" Because uh, I've never read the Bible, and that would just floor me if I knew that the Bible said the same thing that uh, God told me in the office. And she read all over the place that he's going to come back to earth and burn the world. He drowned everybody in the world before. Now he's going to burn everybody to a crisp. And before that happens, there's going to be all kinds of different situations happening in the world. Tsunamis, all kinds of disease, sicknesses, infirmities, un uncurable. And uh, that there was going to be famines and floods and... Um, tornadoes, uh, hurricanes. And it's happening right before everybody's eyes, and it's happening with more frequency than ever before. And, I, and the Lord told me, uh, it's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse and worse. And these people, the reason for it is, is that people are getting worse and worse. Like the people of California are saying, they're, they're not asking for a vote on it. They're saying, uh, we don't want you people to put out the gospel anymore on people's automobiles, on their windshields. And so we're making a law that you have to pay a $100 fine, and the second time you do it, it'll be a $1,000. Well, we put out millions of pieces of literature, and there's a lot of people that put it out, that even if I told them not to put them on cars, uh, they would. But who would know who it was that was put, putting them on cars? Could people come and get literature from us by the box lo uh, loads so what they're trying to make it look like is that we're a bunch of scum of the earth as the bible says that uh, uh, we uh, paul had become he said that we are fools for christ's sake but you people in the in churches are wise he's being facetious in christ we are weak 
because we become weak, we've done what the Lord said, but ye are strong. Ye are honorable. All your sorrow, but we are despised, and we are. Even unto this present hour, we uh, both hunger and thirst, and are naked, and are buffeted, and have no certain dwelling place. Okay, so we are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise. All right, uh, it's because you're wise because you don't know what it's like to be grown to the fullness of the stature of Christ. And therefore, you only think you're wise, and that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. This is a church um, that uh, in First Corinthians that is carnal. But he uh, continues on here. Uh, you're strong. You are honorable. I've had so many people tell me, boy, the people in your church are so good. They're just honorable. They're just, uh, you know, nice people and everything. But they never say anything about the leader. We're the ones that taught them to be that way. Some of those people would have slit your throat before they got saved. And they used to steal and smoke pot and commit fornication and everything. But now they're honorable. And we're the one that begat them to the Lord. We preached the gospel to them, and they believed the gospel, and they got saved. Now, I'm saying this not for the purpose that you're thinking of, but we, we apostles, and you're not an apostle unless you saw Christ. I saw Christ. May God strike me dead and send my soul to hell. I saw him right in front of me with my eyes wide open. So I reckon that makes me an apostle, but still... Uh, the Apostle Paul, let me take a little swig of coffee here. And some of you people have said, coffee's not of the Lord. Well, uh, yeah, let's see. But you are honorable, but we are despised. Even unto this present hour, we are uh, both hunger and thirst. Well, I got saved, and uh, Susie and I got married. I heard her praying and praying. And she saw, was seeing this vision of her and myself walking through an arbor. And I could hear her crying. And there were other people in the uh, front room of her apartment. And she was in her bedroom crying out and crying out. And it seemed like for a long time. And I had this toothache and I fell sound asleep. Uh, because it went away. And all of a sudden, this vision, I went into the deepest sleep I think I've ever been in because it kept me up for days, this toothache. Went away and the cold chills went through me and uh, I just actually fainted on this couch in her uh, apartment. And there were many other people there, brothers and sisters. Now this vision happened where uh, I saw that the Lord was putting Sue and myself together. I've said it, this testimony many times before. And this, uh, I said, she's too smart for me. She, uh, and the Lord said, that's good for your ego. Well, I didn't realize I had an ego and I didn't believe God coming back there and telling me, uh, that's good for your ego. And she was telling him, he's too young. Susie always wanted, an older man, somebody maybe 15, 20 years older than her that had gray hair and was distinguished. Uh, Susie was nine years older than me, 
And she really wanted a gray-haired, just dignified-looking man that she could go into. She was a pastor. That she could go into, you know, different churches and preach. And this man would sit there silent and be dignified. And and she even wanted me to color my hair gray. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And... Uh, so this is, she didn't want me and I just didn't think I was qualified to be her husband because I was just freshly saved and I didn't know uh, anything of what to do. And she knew everything of what to do because she knew the Bible. So anyway, uh, I, did, I was ashamed to tell her of what the Lord said, but I said, Lord, if uh, she knows, if uh, she knows about this, well, then, uh, let me know. So I was face down on the couch, and I felt her presence standing there. I looked up, and her mouth was wide open. There was fear in her eyes, and her hands were up in the air, um, almost up to her face, and it was like fright. And so I put my head right back down, and I knew that she knew. And on our way, she was going to take me to a dentist to get my um, tooth pulled or whatever. And uh, it just came out of my mouth. Man, I had the most weird dream this morning. She, uh, what was it? She said. And I said, why are you saying it that way? What was it? And she said, because, uh, you know, the Lord was showing me something. And uh, uh, you have to tell me, though. And we went to Music City on Sunset and Vine, and we were playing gospel records, and she kept badgering me about what it was. And here she's nine years older than me, and she knows everything in the Bible. And I just thought, man, I'm like uh, a real man of a baser sort. I just couldn't believe that God would give me such a woman as that. Because she was smart, she was godly, she knew what to do and everything. And I knew nothing except how to promote somebody or uh, it just was a nothing type of a person. But I was saved. And so she said while the Lord was showing her that, he's too young. Uh, he has no experience in the Lord answered her, but he's strong. And I said, Lord... Uh, she's too smart for me. I mean, she knows everything about the Bible. I, that's good for your ego, he said. And so that's when he started pulling hundreds or thousands of questions out of my heart. And there was another golden pipe that came down into me saying, giving me all these answers, and I didn't know what the answers were. I didn't know what he was pulling out of me. But that went on, and I woke up, and I could see the vision still while I was wide awake. And uh, I knew that um, these things were true. And so I finally told her, you know, that the Lord said that it was you and me that Vegas. And she, that's right. She hooked her arm in mine and marched out of, we marched out of Music City. She puts a few sticks of her furniture up for sale. I mean, she didn't have just a small apartment. And uh, that was the money because... I gave everything I had away when I first became a Christian. 
And uh, so that's all we had was the money to do that. And then we went to Las Vegas, and on the way there we saw the flying saucers, and you heard me talk about that. Everything just was becoming so supernatural in my life that it seems like uh, it's more incredible than fiction. You couldn't write anything that would be more uh, significant so far as... um, being incredible than the things that were happening to me from God. And Satan was hitting me like crazy as well. So uh, we went to Vegas, and uh, I had this Beatles album, and I said, Sue, we don't have any money. Let me sell this Beatles album. And she said, no way. And I went down to, to some casino owners that I knew, and they wanted, they said, okay, we'll take it. We'll give it out as a slot price. We'll just give it away free. And she says, no, we're not going to do that. Let's know for sure that it's the Lord blessing us. And I said, yeah, that sounds good to me. So I've never sold it or anything like that. But then we get down to the point to where she said uh, she was looking for a job for me to do there and for her and she found she was looking in these motels in the newspaper that we could manage because she had managed properties before I'd never done that. And we went in and got a job managing the Cal Neva Motel and the Cupid Wedding Chapel. And so uh, all uh, times of the day and night, people would ring the bell and I'd have to get up and go over to the wedding chapel. So we want to get married. And I said, okay, so I wasn't a minister yet, so I had to call, oh, what are you, Protestant or Catholic, or what kind of ministry do you want? So they'd tell me, and I'd call them up, and they'd come over there at all hours of the night. And they'd get married, and I'd, we had little bouquets that we would sell. <laughs> and the owner of that, was uh, his name was George, I can't remember his last name. But this is going back quite a few years ago. And um, I wound up uh, getting that job, and then I was—I wound up doing all the work there. And so when I hear the Apostle Paul saying, uh, "We're fools for Christ's sake, but ye are wise in Christ," we are weak because I had to do what the Lord said. That means if you have to do what somebody tells you to do, then you're weak. Well. If you don't do what the Lord says, you go to hell. So really, it's worth being weak for. And so I had to um, uh, paint the place. I had to make the beds. I had to clean the rooms. There was no maid service. (laughs) I was the maid. And um, I'd change the sheets and the blankets and the pillowcases. I'd clean the bathrooms. And some of them were pretty filthy and get all the laundry together, and I'd send it to the laundry. And if somebody rang the bell, and I'd go to the front desk, and I'd check people into the hotel and go and tell them what room they're in. It's about a Z-rated motel there. And um, I don't know if it still exists or not anymore, but I see Cupid Wedding Chapel there whenever we go through Las Vegas. But ye are strong! Ye are honorable, but we are despised. But, I mean, nobody pays any attention to 
a maid uh, or a man that cleans toilets and sinks and bathtubs and vacuums the floor and makes beds and collects the laundry and sends it to the laundry. And then if there was something wrong with the swamp coolers, we didn't have air conditioning with swamp coolers, I'd have to go up in 110 degree weather on top of the roof there. And the roof had rocks on it, on my hands and knees, and fixed these leaks in the um, uh, copper uh, pipes that went to the, or lines that went to the swamp cooler. And they had these little flywheels on them, and I'd have to turn them or open them up or close them down or whatever. And I did this for a long time. Um, and so uh, we didn't really have hardly any money, and the job didn't pay that much. We got to live there free. And I think we got $100 a month. Even unto this present hour, we both hunger and thirst. I know what it was like, Susie. At that time, we could get chicken wings for 15 cents a pound. So she'd make uh, chicken wings and gravy from it. And then we had a few potatoes, and then she... Tried to fat me up, only weighed about 149 pounds and or less. And she'd put half and half in the potatoes, and I started gaining about five pounds a week. Even unto this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place. So I just figured it out that the Lord said I had an ego. Why, I mean, everybody never would put me in the place of doing that. And then when uh, we got back from doing those things, which lasted for about a year, we were in Las Vegas, they brought the singer Rovan to me, Norman Kay from the Norman Kay Realty, and he wanted to know if I'd promote him. Well, we went to the Caesars Palace downstairs where the salespeople display things when they come in with their suitcases, and... Uh, Susie, he sang without music or anything, and Susie said, I like him, uh, go ahead and promote him, because a lot of people, God's going to let you do this, because a lot of people think you're crazy for having left the entertainment industry, especially with the Beatles album, and the 20 original hits, and uh, all the masters, you have masters on P.J. Proby, you've got them on all these, uh, Bobby Jameson, and all these other artists, and you're just throwing it away, and they saw me out on the streets uh, distributing literature. And guys from Warner Brothers and all these different studios would come by and say, Hey, Alamo, what are you doing down here? I said, I'm passing out these little gospel tracks. I mean, but uh, salvation is, oh, man, you've gone crazy. So I did the promotion for Rovan. He was an opera singer and made him number one during the era of time when the Beatles and Rolling Stones were happening. So we didn't have any, uh, with the money I made from that, I bought a house up in Zuma Beach, which is just near Malibu. And uh, she said, this is too far out. We're not uh, doing the things. There's These kids are going to hell. It's really something bad. We've got to get out there. The Lord has convicted me, saying we're too far out of town. We have to find a place in Hollywood. So... She found a place where we'd store our furniture, and it was like an old uh, 
building. It was leaning like the the Tower of Pizza or Pizza <laughs> piece. And uh, so we went in and she says, we have to stay here. It was $60 a month. So we stayed there. And this was after we had come back from Las Vegas. And then the crew that we had won to the Lord before we went there started assembling back with us. And we'd send them out on the streets. And then we moved into a narcotic dope den uh, where we won all those souls to the Lord and they threw their drugs away. And uh, we labor working with our hands. So I did that. I changed the blankets, the sheets, vacuum the floor, I did all that. But this, uh, a lot of people said, that's not Tony Alamo. Tony Alamo would never do anything. Well, I did. And when they, they told my brother when I was out on the streets distributing literature, they said, I'm praying people through. He said, uh-uh, that's not my brother. My brother is like uh, the exact opposite of that. And I was. So being reviled, we bless. Being uh, persecuted, we suffer it. So when we were distributing literature, then the persecution came. And the newspapers, the Antichrist newspapers started printing all kinds of lies about me. Reason being is because they knew I was saved and I wouldn't do anything to them. And so they just I had a field day and they've been having one ever since. Being defamed. We were defamed. Uh, they said we were pinkos. What? Pinkos? I didn't know that communists preached the gospel. We are uh, in treat. We just tried to win their souls. You guys are on the wrong track here. And are made as the filth of the world and uh, are the offscouring of all things unto this day. Then Paul says, I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. In other words, I'm trying to shape you up to the kind of guy that I am. I want you also to be the filth of the earth. I want you to humble yourself. You people, you weasels, you people here in uh, Corinth, ye are not wise. For though ye have uh, 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet ye have uh, not... I'm turning the page here. We did this yesterday, but I think it's very appropriate for me to do it today. Don't have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Now, why are you acting carnally uh, after I led you to the Lord? Haven't you got enough sense that if I had the wisdom, he that is wise winneth souls? So he that is the wisest must be the one that wins the most souls. So I've begotten you through the gospel. Now then, verse 16, Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me, well, what does that mean? Well, you have to become the scum of the earth. You have to, uh, I could say later, you have to become like Tony because he he changed bed sheets and all that sort of stuff. Okay? But, but I think I've chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. So how are we wise? We have to follow the steps of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to follow the Apostle Paul. Where um, 
who, who was saying that we're the scum of the earth. And um, we're fools for Christ's sake. Uh, that ye, but you are wise. In other words, you're carnal. You're wise to the things of the world. You're, uh, you are wise, but you're still in Christ. We are weak, but ye are strong. Now, ye uh, are honorable, but we are despised. Okay, so now uh, he goes into saying something here. Uh, so you don't have many fathers, for in Christ Jesus I begot, uh, begotten uh, you through the truth, the gospel. Wherefore, uh, you're, I'm despised and all this, I beseech you, be ye followers of me. Now, that's exactly what Jesus said. Now that you've been saved, now that the spirit of truth is in you, now that I with my Father and the Holy, the Holy Spirit, which is my Father, is in you. He says, now come and follow me. Be ye followers of me. Wherefore, I beseech you, be ye followers of me. Verse 17, for this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus. So I can, I really trained this uh, brother here who is my beloved son. I led him to the Lord, and therefore through the gospel he's my son, and faithful in the Lord. He's doing these things. He's allowing himself to be, he's become a fool for Christ. But ye are wise. You people think you're so wise because you haven't stepped down and become despised or the scum of the earth like us or fools for Christ. He's my son and he's faithful in the Lord who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways which be in Christ as I teach everywhere. Everybody knows this is what I teach, that we have to be the scum of the earth. You have to become despised. You have to lower yourself like he did and work with your hands. I had to do it. Susie knew that I had to do that because I says, Me, Tony Alamo, become a maid? And, man, I'm working day and night here. Uh, uh, somebody, I just get to sleep and bring the bell would ring and I'd have to, that was the Cupid Wedding Chapel, which is about a, uh, three, four, five hundred steps away from the hotel, motel office. And I'd run over there and there'd be this couple laughing and joking and jiving. And they're going to get married. And so I have to get on the phone, wake up and uh, comb my hair a little bit before I go out there. And it was so hot in Vegas, I was wearing uh, shorts, cutoffs. So, um, so I, and then another thing too is the people in this church, my church, they know that I make everybody shop things out. And I want them to do that always. They should not have to be told this over and over and over again. And yet there are people that go ahead without my approval. I say, take it to an automobile to the shop. There was, um, car that's damaged and so I says take it to the shop 
And they know to get an estimation, take it to two or three shops, and they said, but they don't. So it, it, this is, he said, Paul is saying, you know what my ways are. Who shall uh, bring you into remembrance? Timotheus, he's going to, who is my beloved son. I love him because he learned from me the right way how to be in the church. And he's faithful in the Lord. He's in the Lord. You people are carnal. Who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways? I want people to know the way I am. I've grown in Christ. I don't have to make beds anymore. Uh, because, But I had to do that to humble myself. Because if I wouldn't have humbled myself, I wouldn't have mounted to anything in the Lord. He's going to see if you'll do whatever you clean up. Toilets and showers and bathtubs. And you take this scummy soap that's all soggy and you, you wipe the, you clean with the cleaning solvent, the, the bathtubs and the uh, toilets and the sinks and the floors and everything in all these motel units. And, uh, I mean, he, this George had a good thing there, you know, because he uh, paid us a hundred a month and uh, gave us a free living place and we had to live on chicken wings and such. And a lot of people at the casinos knew me and they'd say, uh, come on, Tony, uh, you know, go up to the top of the mint and get yourself a steak, you know, and I said, oh, this is really good. <laughs> I got to the point where I really, Wanted a steak, and so got uh, he uh, opened the doors and stuff once in a while, like stuff like that. So, uh, who is um, my beloved son and faithful in the Lord? In other words, he went down to the bottom of the barrel just like I did. Then we went to the supermarkets and we knocked on the door and said, "Look, we want all these hippies." And uh, we had, uh, I had, I had good my last pair of Verde boots, and I had to tiptoe through banana peels and all kinds of. Uh, they clean vegetables in the back, and but we had all these hippies that we went to the Lord over at the Carlos Avenue Church, which was actually a former narcotic dope den, and we went all those people to the Lord, and they were hungry, and they looked at us like we were their mother and dad, and really we were in the spiritual realm. And their parents started getting, uh, even though they were out on the streets and living uh, on uh, bus benches or inside of gas station toilets, they'd sleep in there. The parents started getting indignant because they were, you know, respecting Sue and myself. And so they'd come against us. And then they started hiring uh, to, uh, these uh, deep programmers. They'd come to get baseball bats to get them out of the church. But they were really saved. And then the police department in Hollywood, West Hollywood, would come in and with belly clubs, and they'd hear them talking in tongues, and they were accusing us of getting people on some new kind of drug, and they'd beat them over the head with these uh, belly clubs, and it was horrible what we were going through. But it was for the Lord, and there was no place to go. We could run from it. We stood there, and we were faithful in the Lord. Who shall bring you, uh, Timotheus, shall bring you in remembrance of my ways. And that's what I am doing to you, of my ways, which are the ways of the Lord, 
which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church, and that's what I do. And folks, I've taught in many churches before. Now verse 18, and many churches are using my literature, strong churches that, uh, and some that are weak that are wanting to be strong. Now verse 18, now some are puffed up, and so I would not come to you. Verse 19, but I will come to you shortly, because the apostle Paul was really humbled. God made him legally blind. He could still see, but not about the same way as myself, because I was so blind to the gospel that I didn't want to be saved. I didn't want to. I thought that would be going crazy. So Paul is like to these uh, people that are so carnal. He's still bowing and scraping to them. Because he doesn't want to get out of order, because once they see the light, once they're not carnal anymore, he doesn't want them to be a kind of person that comes up and grabs their throat and starts choking them because they're so disobedient. But he's saying, but I will come to you shortly. So he's saying, don't worry, you carnal people, I'll come to you shortly. If, and only if, the Lord will, and will know, not the speech of them which are puffed up. I won't know that. But the power. I'm going to show you people power in God. I'm going to lay hands on the sick over there because you people are not doing that. And I'm going to raise the dead. I'm going to do all those things so that you'll know that I'm from the Lord. Not that I can talk a mile a minute or my speech may be contemptible to you and my bodily person it's not that great, because that isn't what it's all about, Alfie. Verse 20, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Anybody can talk. Reverend Hagee talks a mile a minute, but he's, his haywire is a goose. And you say, oh, how could you say that about him? Because I'm of the Lord. He apologized to the Catholic cult, the Antichrist. To me, he's lower than whale dung. For the kingdom of God is not somebody that can talk really good, but in power. Where is his power that will kneel down to the Antichrist? Verse 21. What will you? Shall I come? Well, what do you want? Do you want me to come to you with a rod to uh, chasten you or in love, keeping God's commandments? Because if you're not keeping God's commandments, uh, there's going to be, uh, heaven's going to come down and righteous indignation is going to be in me and I'm going to let you have it. And in the spirit of meekness. You want me to come in love in the spirit of meekness? Or do you want me to come with a rod and start smiting you people? Now, chapter 5. It is reported commonly, it's like a common thing, that there is fornication among you, weasels. You're supposed to be Christians. What are you doing in the church? fornicating. 
and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles. Even the Gentiles don't do this. That one should have his father's wife. That you should be having, it doesn't say with his mother, because these people back then, and they still do today, have many wives. So you've had sex with your father's wife. Not, not your, your mother, their mothers, but their, one of their father's wives. And the verse two, and ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. Now, there's a lot of churches today that say, well, we have to forgive. We have to forgive. But here's the Bible saying, kick them out. Get them out of there. This done this deed might be taken away among you. Verse 3, for I verily, surely say, and being absent in body, like I can't be in all my churches, and a lot of people, they take a lot of liberties because I'm not there. But you won't take liberties if people would report you because I would put you out. For I verily say, uh, as absent in body, but present in spirit, have judged already. Or he's talking about from the Bible. He's judging with the Bible as though I were present uh, concerning him that has so done this uh, deed. Verse 4. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, Verse 5, to deliver such an one unto Satan. In other words, put him out of the church. This is gospel in the proper way to run a church for the destruction of the flesh. Get him out of there because, you know, people in the church, they're like those people in Texas. They have the best life going that there is. And when they go out into the world, there's nobody there to shop for them. There's nobody there to, uh, to cook their food, to wash their dishes, to wash their laundry, to do all these different things that happen when you're in a church, a real church of the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about these big-time churches, you know, where they're just walking around all puffed up, like um, these brazen bullfighters that got shawls on and so on. To deliver such a one unto Satan out into the world for the destruction of his flesh, that the spirit and her flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day, it may be, in the day of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6. So you put them out so that they'll learn what it's like. You knew what it was like in the church. Oh, it was like paradise on earth because everybody gets fed. There's nobody goes without if you need clothes or shoes or anything like that, it's purchased for you. Now you're out there and you got to do it all yourself, kid. Verse 6. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven, in other words, a little sin, leaveneth the whole lump? 
a little sin destroys your whole body and your soul. Verse 7, purge out, therefore, the old leaven. In other words, humble yourself. Get down to reality and realize that you're nothing without Christ. Purge with the word of God out, therefore, the old poison, the old sin, that you may be a new lump, a new creature, as you are un, uh, are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. So because of the fact that Christ is sacrificed, who are you that you refuse to be sacrificed and uh, you refuse to keep the commandments of the Lord? And you think you're going to sneak something in, Paul says, with the, my absence there? No, somebody's going to report you, and you're going to be out on the streets with the rest of the people that prefer to be bums than saved. All right, uh, my time is up. So now is the time for us to pray. Do you want to be a bum and, uh, all your life and not have any of the commonwealth blessings of the commonwealth of the kingdom of heaven? Or do you want all that in heaven forever in, uh, in the kingdom of heaven? If so, then say this prayer. Say to God, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of you, Father, the Son of the living God. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You said that all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I am saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, raise your hands, praise and thank the Lord for your salvation. And uh, Sharon, tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 669. Please mention the number. It's absolutely free. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries. P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. All right, praise the Lord. Here I am with these uh, things for you. I know the Lord is in me, and he stands uh, for me, and I just keep praying, Lord, stand by me, and here it is, stand by me. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me.
Stand by me. Stand by me. 